welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's good, webheads, along with Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bassett, no A.J. this week. Uh, got some personal stuff to tend to, so we will trooper on without him. <clears throat> Week four of the NFL season has come and gone. Our Lions lost again after having a double-digit lead again. Paul, it doesn't. It does not count. It does not count. Care. With that offense, you should keep on adding to it, and they did not. <laughs> certainly did not. They gave up how many in a row? Thirty-five points. To Thirty-five the, points. Thirty-five impressive. straight points. To That's the New uh, Orleans Saints. Bob uh, Quinn, Matt Patricia, on, on, special. On five drives, too. It's not like there was some stagnation there. Just when, when, I don't think we forced a punt. I don't think we forced a punt until like the fourth quarter. I don't even know. It was bad. It was not it was good. It was not good. It was it was good to start. I mean, the defense looked, you know, hungry. They were coming at it. They took a, took advantage of a Drew Brees mistake. They um, looked hungry. Well, a lineman jumped up and batted a ball, and hey. it fell into our arms. That's yep. not hunger. That's <laughs> luck. It's not. No. Oh man. Uh, so the Lions are now one in three. So uh, if, yep. yes, if the Jets can get just get their shit together and win two games, <laughs> we got a real <laughs> shot at getting Trevor Lawrence. We lose twelve straight oh, the games. Jets are so Can you imagine? I don't know. I I, I don't know. If the Jets are winning the point, game. Well, yeah, twelve straight. The Jets look that yeah. bad. Like, <laughs> I I think that yeah. If I yeah, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm chilling in South Carolina one extra year. Why not? Well, like, stop. He's not. Look, we're not. I know that's a bad the bad team. Listen, you gets know, the first pick, but still, like, you know, it's not going to be the team. Lions. But like, you can go to a bad team with. I don't. I don't even want to say like a great culture. But where they're just not like a total, total dumpster fire. Like, obviously, Andrew Luck to Indy is different because you had Payne Manning and he was hurt or whatever. But I don't know. There are teams that can get the number one pick where it's like, uh, that's not a terrible situation. You know, like San Francisco, for as as bad as they were, they were never like just this terrible, terribly cultured team. And they had the number two pick and got both of them. So who? So where do you think the must avoid places for Trevor Lawrence are? Like, if you're Trevor Lawrence, well, give me the three teams that you're like, Detroit. I do not want to go there. Three, give me three teams. Uh, the Jets for sure. So yeah, that's the thing. You know what? Here, because there's a the thing. Like, you can make arguments for. I, why. I think it might just be the it Jets. Be the, it really is. Like, <laughs> like, I'd be like anywhere like, else. Houston? No, you'd be fine going to Houston. Trevor Lawrence would be fine going to Houston. There's there are weapons there. The Giants, they need a lot of O line help. But there are weapons there. You got one of the best running backs once he comes back uh, playing there. And then Atlanta, same thing. Like, Atlanta, they're not doing this anyway. I mean, what about Washington? Bring the heir apparent. Washington. I mean, Washington, Washington got this rebound. You got Terry McLaurin. Or this rebrand. You got Terry McLaurin on your team. What do you mean? Get Washington's a, in second nice place back? in their division. What you talking about? Right. Oh, my God. Listen. <laughs> then when the leader's 1-2-1. One, one. It ain't even like, what, like Jacksonville? Like you got Chanel. Jacksonville's down there. fine. Got, uh, 
If I'm if I'm Trevor Lawrence and I'm looking at the NFL, there's a couple places I don't want to go to. So I don't want to go to New York, either New York team. Um, hey, I wouldn't want to live in New York. Um, don't trust either team. If I had to go to New York, definitely. Uh, although I guess he wouldn't have to live in New York. They don't even play in New York. They play in friggin' New Jersey. But he don't live somewhere out there. Uh, I'd rather go to the Giants than the Jets. But I super don't want to go to the Jets. Um, I don't want to go to the Lions. I don't. What in the world? I all I no God I, no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go. No, I, I don't want to come to the Lions. You, you, they've had in the last what have twenty. They ever shown you or no? When, when is the last? Give me what was it? When's the last time that Barry suited up for us? The nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay, so in the last twenty five years, not even just a little over twenty years, the last twenty two years, the Lions have had three Hall of Fame players, like very important offensive positions. And did nothing with them all. Wasted all of them. so nice of you to talk about Jason Hansen like that. Shut up. <laughs> he's <laughs> not a Hall of Famer. How are you going to say... Wait, hold I, up, hold up. What do you mean he's not a Hall of Famer? You think Jason Hansen's a Hall... Do you know how hard it is to get in the Hall of Fame as a kicker? Bro, there's going to be like two kickers in the yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and, and right now Jason Hansen's he's like not third on that be, list. So he should, he should be in not, two. He is not going to be one of them. It should not just be I, the Anderson. It's going to be Vinatieri. I think Vinatieri. it has a much better chance to go into the guy that set the NFL record for the longest field goal. <laughs> the other line. I, the I, other I, line. I don't think Prater's getting in. Either. No, I don't think so either. But I'm just saying, like, I, I don't that's think he's so getting in. Up. Like, I'm sorry, but that's kickers so don't get like, in. Why, why? Why don't they get in? I don't disagree. We could. We're not going to do a podcast on that. But I don't disagree with you. But it just. It just. It doesn't happen. We it's don't not have a any other. We don't have any other topics. But no. So <laughs> why don't kickers get more Hall of Fame? Though? It's it's like uh, you People just right. you look at Detroit and it's just even if you're really good and have a great career, it's pure misery. Yes. Like you like if you're if you're Trevor Lawrence, like you know, and I mean he probably doesn't know dick about the Lions and Stafford. But if you looked into it at all, like if you if you're a quarterback that's going pro, like you hope to God you end up as good as Matt Stafford at the pro level. The two and, greatest players in the history of this franchise. Quit the sport they love because the Lions killed their love for the number sport. three is on its way and Stafford's on uh, his way. Exactly, like it's so happening be before our eyes. It is yeah, absolutely really happening before our eyes. It's insane. And so, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, so I hope to God to become that good at the pro level. And even if I do, what did this team do with this quarterback that they had for over a decade? Oh, nothing. He endured nothing but misery. So no, so the Lions I don't want to go to. I don't want to go to the Jets. Um, oh, I feel like there's another team on the list that I really don't want to go to. Well, what about Houston? Houston's 0-4 right now. Houston's fine. Texas is nice. Like it's Houston's fine. Um, trying to Cow- think. Of, Cowboys are one and three. <laughs> is there a team out in California that's really bad right now? Like, I, like I don't really want to, you know, live in Cleveland. But you got some weapons. Well, they're not going to be bad enough to draft him. Yeah, like, no, no gonna... both both California teams, yeah. the Niners and the Rams, are not bad enough. Ah, like my I mean, like Miami. I guess Denver. Though, if Miami Denver loses the rest awesome. of their games, they're a one win team. Yeah, but even there, that's like a good organization. Right. No, I believe in John Elway, like getting shit done. I mean, honestly, yeah. For me, for me, it is it's it's the two New York teams and the Lions. Like those are my three. I don't want to go to either New York team, and I don't want to go to Lions. See, I can still make an argument for why the Giants. Like I wouldn't mind going to the Giants. Yeah, I'd, I'd go to the Giants. So Trevor Lawrence is in good shape. But he's not because the Jets are winless. He's going to be okay. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Going to be the well, Jets. yeah, but the Jets, I mean, there's a lot of teams that the Jets are competing with, like for for first. 
Like there's right. a lot of bad but, teams. Like, like Houston's gonna win a game, right? They're gonna win a game. They have they're gonna, too yeah, much they're talent gonna, there. Yeah, he's to not go going to sixteen. Okay. I the Giants, I think Washington Washington is like gonna be in the running there. Um, but they've already won a game. The Jets aren't going to win a game. That, no one's going winless. Who Stop. are the Jets beating? God. The Jets kept beating. Oh, did, Matt, Matt, do you want to give me money this year? Because I'll bet the Dolphins. they won a game. The Dolphins. They can beat the Dolphins. Stop it. Have you seen I mean, the, the, the Jets hung tough. So stop, stop. The Jets play an easy schedule, right? So the Jets play the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a bad football team right now. The Jets play the Chargers. Chargers are not a good football team. The Jets play the Dolphins twice. The Jeff, Jets still get the Dolphins twice. Not a great football team, right? Um, they play the, they Jets play, play the, the Rams. You never know what you're going to get. Jets play the Browns. You never know what you're going to get. Like, there's opportunities on their schedule for wins. Like, if I'm handicapping the race for number one, yeah, the Jets are right there. But, like, I'm not giving it to them. Okay. I don't know. There if, is, you're trying to, if you're trying to make an 0-16 bet, Matt, I'll, I'll take you up There on. is one team that has scored less than the Jets this year, and that's the Giants. And there is one team... No, two teams that have given up more points in the Jets this year, and that's the Cowboys. I listen. And this the isn't Falcons. an argument that they're the worst team in football. It's a. Uh, I don't think they're going to go winless, and there's other teams that can also lose a lot of games. Like Washington's schedule, despite the garbage dumpster fire division they play in. So, like they play the Giants twice. I don't know. Actually, yeah, they wow. The NFC East is so bad. The NFC East is so bad. They play the Bengals. Um, but they still, but if I'm looking for opportunities for dubs, they have like the same amount. Like, so they play the Giants twice. They could win either of those games. They play the Rams, so do the Jets. <laughs> they play the Panthers. That's a winnable game. But the Panthers should win that game. Um, and they play the Bengals. And I mean, that's like. And they play the Lions. Stop. Listen, that? if we're, we're not losing to Washington. Oh, who's going to block Chase Young? Chase Young's dead. Nobody. He'll be out for the season by then. Nobody. Who's going to block anybody? He'll be out for the season line? by then. Not a single person. You put two, you you put two people on Chase Young, and the, the rest of the team cannot do anything. All right, say what you want. We'll see. Listen, he's not he's not prime J.J. Watt, not yet. You don't think they're looking at the schedule like, oh, the Lions is definitely winnable. Oh, for sure they are. Absolutely they are. Everyone is looking at the Lions. Like, there's we're, a game. we're lucky this is a home game because for whatever reason, we don't beat Washington in Washington. It just doesn't Even happen. when we like, absolutely ever. should no matter what. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Like, it just doesn't happen. It's not lucky. We need to lose games. It's not a normal season. We want to lose. Um, I mean, that's why it pissed me off so much that we won in Arizona for no reason. Like, literally no reason. Also cost me 22. Actually, the win didn't even cost me the money. The fact that Kyler Murray threw three picks and their offense can't score any points on anybody is what cost me money because I just had the over in that game. Like, oh, God, I'm so mad about yeah, that. Yeah, how's Kenyon Drake trash. working out for you? He'll be fine. You fleeced me. It's fine. No, I'm actually I not. I'm fine. Up. I did no. not fleece you. No, Your guys I, aren't it's... paying off dick for me either. Hold on. Stop Hold it. On. Who did I send you? Who did I send you? Corey Davis is fine. He's a good six, seven points a game. <laughs> what? Who else did I send you? Hold on. I was like Corey Julio Davis. Julio Jones has, not even on the Fournette has, hasn't played. Hold on. So they're injured. They're injured. Fournette was not part Fournette of that trade. Fournette and Julio. Fournette was not part oh. of that trade. Who did I send you back? You oh, Julio. Julio. Julio's hurt. AP, that doesn't count. Corey Davis. Julio alone. Davis. Julio alone is worth it. And you have the Lions lead back. 
I think we've each gotten about four points. Yeah, out of this I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have Julio than Drake. <laughs> I do believe in Drake, though. Like I, I honestly think so. That offense can't suck all year like this bad. And Kyle Murray has to, or or bench Kyle Murray. I don't care what they have to do. Like he's been garbage. The offense has been terrible. But Drake is a good, really good player. Okay, wait, Last year. Well, so after the trade, Drake played like ha- Drake played like half a season for the Cards last year. After the trade, he was the f- number four running back in all fantasy. Like he will, it will come around. Yeah, got, got that Peyton Hillis in him. It will, it will come around. Drake's a good player. That offense is in a bad spot right now. Lane Kiffin is not an NFL head coach. Kyler Murray is not an NFL quarterback. Well, Lane Kiffin's not in the NFL. Or not, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff, 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 whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. Cliff, Cliff. You know Cliff who's is not an NFL head coach. He played in the yeah, NFL? The yeah, he was drafted by the Patriots. Did he play quarterback? Yeah, As a backup quarterback, Tom Brady. Okay. Is he coached against Tom Brady yet? Uh, no. I don't think so. They, don't, they, play, they didn't play New England last year. He'll have those insights into Tom Brady's game. No, I mean, he's, he's probably, what, younger than Tom Brady, right? If he was drafted to be his backup. Yeah, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury is 41. And Tom Brady's 43, right? Wow. He's been in the NFL for so long. Yeah, when, we were, uh, when we were discussing hey, uh, say, Patriots though, moves, I went looking Cliff for all their drafts. And I was like, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, Super Bowl champion. Honestly, that was – so the first Super, – Super Bowl 38. The first NFL game that I ever really started getting into um, was the Super Bowl, and I listened to half of it on the radio, the Pats' first Super Bowl. And... I guess the Rams. Or no, hold on. Was Wait, it 99? <laughs> No, 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 no. Two thousand, two thousand one. They won. Yes, they won the. They won the same year as uh, September eleven. They won oh one oh two. Oh one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so 01, it was the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was just double checking my facts. It was the first like, because that's I told you guys how I got it in football. Right. Which one did Cliff win it with? When they beat uh, the Eagles or when they beat the Panthers? Carolina Panthers? Panthers. The Jake Delholm Super Bowl. Weirdest freaking Super Bowl. Like two quarters of nothing and two quarters of a ton of scoring. They had to feel each other out. Defense get tired a little bit. Boom. I, think, I think it was the first and third quarters, there was nothing. And then the second and fourth quarters, both Cliff, just went dumb. Cliff Kingsbury, first team all Big 12. Uh, I don't mean Big shit. Big 12 garbage. We are, we'll talk about that later. I'm getting Big 12. Speaking of Tom Brady and Super Bowls, Tom Brady facing facing demons this week. He's got uh, BDN going across the line for him in the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I'm I'm really sad. Did you guys? No, I know you guys seen him. I don't know if Matt seen. I think Matt seen him too. You guys seen the comments by Dan O'Shea, right? Yeah, like Bla- did blasting. Did you did you watch him talk? Did you watch the, the killer instinct? Did you comment. watch him talking, or did you just see like the snippets? I just saw a snippet. I saw that snippet, but I didn't see the whole. Like I didn't watch the whole Pat McAfee interview. I watched. Did you watch like the three minutes of him talking? Did you watch like the three minutes of him talking on the NFL or on the Lions or no? I have not. I mean that that clip was like what two so minutes like, and seven seconds or something. I don't know it's two Pretty something. Long, yeah, close decent. to decent. So I it's obviously we talk about how painful being a Lions fan is all the time and how depressing it is and how bad we feel for our greats that have. Wallowed through misery. Stafford being the latest, uh, all two of them. But three of them. it was, it was. <laughs> we've had a lot of great players, actually. What, what a! What but a, most of them were back in the day when we were actually good. I wouldn't good. say we've had a lot of great players. Listen, we've Herman had a Moore. Few great Herman players. Moore, Herman great Moore's player. A great player, absolutely. 
So it was Cliff Averill, and then he left. Uh, Cliff Averill wasn't I, even a great player for us. Yeah, I wouldn't year. call him great. Honestly, one guy, hey, one well, guy I would call great, although hey, you man, could argue good. he didn't do it long enough, but when he peaked, DeAndre Levy was absolutely insane. That's right. And they said, I don't want to. Well, yeah, he had his own issues, but whatever. But no, so I listened to Dano today was depression on another level. Like, it just like, why am I cursed with this stupid ass team? So Dano and Stafford are obviously boys. Uh, they spent a lot of time together, a lot of intimate time together. Oh, that sounds bad. But that yeah. sounded so bad. <laughs> right. What? A lot of late nights watching they were films together. For years a lot of, lot of late nights, late nights watching film together and, and dissecting Jeez. defenses together. Sometimes uh, when Sean Hill came, in, it was in a threesome. Listen, in showering they together, were not, it, it was just the two of them. A lot of film, a lot of X's and O's, okay? Um, uh-huh. uh-huh. And O's and X's. Yep. Uh huh. Uh, so anyway, they're boys, and not only the words that he spoke today about what this team has done to Stafford, it is projection, of course, because none of us are privy or would ever be privy to the information. But it did not sound like something he was saying. It sounded like something he was repeating. In the legitimate pain in his voice, not for himself. Like, Dano laughs at himself. Like, yeah, I was on 0-16. I stepped out of the back of the end zone, whatever. Dano was never good enough. He, he doesn't get nearly enough shit for that. Oh, yes, he, he does. He was and never. Oh, yes, he, he does. Gets on the internet, he every, does. Stop, no, yeah. From, every from single, yeah, no. Every, every single Twitter end? feed. No, so, everyone. Everyone. Every no, single man, one. As much as Like, why should I listen to as him? Much as, Shaq, as much as Shaq makes fun of Charles Barkley for never winning a championship, I need Dan Orlovsky's NFL counterparts. On the TV to do the exact same thing. The thing is, he was never good enough to make fun of. Like, you don't make fun of the... You're good enough to not run out the back. You don't make fun of the backup quarterback for making a backup quarterback play. He was he was the backup. Yeah, Jared, Jared he Allen. Is, he is not a not a because he, he was eight feet away. Not a real starting quarterback. So you don't make fun of him for not being a, a real starting quarterback because you know it's what he is. But that's the thing. That's so Dano knows he was never good enough. To be let down by this franchise. He was never good enough to be like, wow, I play for this trash team and I can never do anything in my career. But he knows and he's watched firsthand for so long that Stafford on so many teams would have innumerable playoff wins in Super Bowl appearances, in ass loads of awards, personal achievements. In well, that's a Pro Bowl. The literal pain... That you listen to him speak with. Like, it's one thing, like, you see analysts on TV and they give you their opinion and their hot takes and whatever. It is, he is vested in this. Like, it is legitimately emotional for him in the pain which he speaks from, not for himself. Yeah. Tell right, well, well tell I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to take this moment to, uh, to announce the breaking news that we have, we have new WNBA champions, the Seattle Storm. Led by Brianna Stewart Ooh. and the GOAT, Sue Bird, have swept our Bill Lambeer's Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, for, for the record, that's why I was uh, booing. Yeah. I wasn't booing because oh, of the WNBA. I was booing because Bill Lambeer's Always rooting for Bill Lambeer. But Brianna Stewart, 28 points per game on 63% shooting and 8 rebounds. 
63. All right, Matt, can you can you edit this together? Can you just piece it back together as I come in? Oh, I've got you covered. I'm 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 breaking the news of our new WNBA champion. Oh, perfect, perfect. Those, those hoodies are sweet too. The orange ones, the orange ones. With the, as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted by a monster. It's the literal pain that Daniel speaks with, not for himself, but for his friend that he watches go through this for this dumpster fire organization. And there's no reprieve. There's no out at this point. Like you're just stuck here wallowing away, wasting another another year of the couple that you have left at this level in misery. With no chance to, like, there's no hope. There's no silver lining of, you know, if we get healthy or we do a couple things or we make an acquisition. There's no silver lining. It's my teammates are garbage. My coaching staff is worse than my teammates are. And then my GM is even worse than all of those people. And my owner is worse than all of that. No, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No, that's false. No, it's not false. There's one connection for every miserable year of the Detroit Lions, and it is the four. As bad as they are, as bad as they are, they are not as bad as Bob Quinn at his job. You know, and you know why? they are. This this is what I'm going to tell you. They hired him. If Bob Quinn was at least Bob Quinn, if Bob Quinn was an acceptable human being, he would have stepped aside after last year, and he'd certainly step aside after Sunday. Why would he do that when they paid him so much money? He's a trash can. You know what, guys? I'm not doing a great job at this. So here's your money. The Fords will fire him this year, and they will hire somebody (laughs) else. And that alone makes them better than the walking garbage can. Honestly, I would like to walk that back because. I throw around trash can a lot and garbage can. That is an insult to garbage cans to call to call Bob Quinn a garbage can. I need some new material. You understand because this is the same family I, that gave Matt Millen what a five Bob year Quinn extension. Is, I I just can't believe you told somebody to fire themselves. <laughs> Listen, you know what happens when you don't fire yourself? You get fired. Just ask uh uh, Billy Absolutely. Bob, well, he's, Matt Billy Millen. Bob he's O'Brien, still Matt Millen literally had the worst before, five years in the history mute, of the NFL. Mutually parted ways, quote unquote. Listen, when that, I knew oh, it was going to happen, you cannot. I like, you we know are, guys, we are don't two. Give me these last couple. Checks. We are two owners separated from the Matt Millen stuff. Like it's you can't put that on Sheila. Family. You can't it's stop. The same you family. can't. Listen. I'm and, not saying and Sheila's the same person. I am that not. Quinn and I am coming not. Back this okay, year. hold on. You can't say bless Sheila. So this is she stop, stop. It. She did the same thing that Quinn did when he took over the job and let Caldwell stay one year. It's the same thing. It's that's not. not that's did. the same thing. Just relax. It's a lame duck She's, tenure. She said, "You know what, Mom? These are some fine folks. Fine Don't around. fall that far from the tree. This is the same family Listen, that after Matt I am Millen saying, had the worst five years in the history of the NFL, gave him a five-year extension. You were literally the worst ever." At your job, I am not in NFL saying history, that she is going and to give him five more years. Listen, I'm not saying that she's going to be some revolution to the sport, but I don't think Sheila would have made that decision. And we are now two owners removed from the Matt Millen stuff, okay. so I don't want to hear about it. I'm sorry, but when history keeps repeating is, itself, is, you're going to keep hearing about it. Like, is Sheila friends with your mom? Is this why you're saying it? <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know how this is going to go, but I guarantee you, she's going to fire them this year and no, then hire you don't someone know how else. It's going to go, and you can't guarantee shit. I will bet you she fires them this year. In the history of this franchise, I will, it's telling I me put, they're not going like, to fire them. Like, but, like, but put your money in over, line with your hate. Year. She will fire them before the start of next season. They will not be here next year. 
Well, that's easy. They shouldn't have been here this okay, year. Okay, but that's what she just she like, just hey, took over what? the team, and her first impactful thing is going to be firing yeah, these terrible people. That's, that's what we said. So about you Martha can't listen. You over. can't. You she's can't hate. I never said she was different than Bill. I didn't say that word mm-hmm. ever, and I don't even know if Sheila's going to be different. But I'm, you can't say she's the she, same she's when she hasn't this done is the anything. Way she's seen a team run. She for hasn't years. done anything. Yeah, but maybe somewhere in her seventy-year-old brain, already hasn't fired Maybe them, somewhere in her seventy-year-old brain, she should have fired she's going to be as like, soon as Monday, she's going to be like, you know what? I seen how terrible this was run for a long time. I want to be different. That's possible. Like this can yeah, happen. Yeah, that's, in her that's what she does at seventy years old. She changes. Yeah, you don't think she's a little set in her ways at this point? She hasn't done anything to be set in her ways. That's what I'm telling e- you. Except not fire exactly. them already. She's, oh bu- she's busy using that brain power to understand how she can online shop with her new technology phone. Oh, my God. She, she pays her servants to team. do that. She doesn't need to do that herself. Stop. Well, how about she pays somebody else to fire Bob Quinn and Matt? <laughs> she probably will. She might not even deliver the news herself. I hope she. I hope she, she pays Jim. She I hope she pays. I hope she pays Jim Caldwell to come in and do it. I hope she Bill well, O'Brien. She, she should have. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. What Get I was your say. fat she ass out of my office, Bill O'Brien. Listen, you know, you know, the last time and leave immediately. She does. She's not the kind of person that is uttering obscenities walking through the building. You know, she's. I mean, she should let Orlowski do it at this point. I would be. I honestly. So. I would love Orlovsky to join the organization in some capacity. Not as the general manager. Oh, he's got that TV money, baby. I, we can match it. We can't, can't, match that, can't match that schedule. We can match that money. Eh, let him make his own schedule. That's, that, that's, that's a beautiful schedule. I would, like to, I, like him. I would like to bring him back in some capacity. But no, we just, we just need like, a real GM. You, I mean, you hear about you know Chauncey being a head coach. Like to me, Chauncey being a GM is way more likely than Chauncey Billows being a head coach for eighty-two games. Chauncey being a GM was talked about way before him being a head coach, which is what's crazy to me. I know. It's and like now, now you know, it's the other way. You hear it? <laughs> like they're they're reaching out to him. It's crazy. Like why? Why? why would he do well, that? there's a point guard head coaching surge in the NBA, as we've seen. Like the hot thing is to hire a point guard as your head coach. It doesn't matter if they have coaching experience. I mean, all, uh, like was I don't know if Phil Jackson was, I guess, but wasn't Doug Collins a point guard? Doc Rivers was a point guard. Like it's kind of been the been we the are, we besides are, when you had like Wilt Chamber or Bill Russell as a so coach. the difference now is a there's a resurgence, so there's Ma- more of it. Magic Johnson was a coach, but Basically, it is guys viewed as having high basketball IQ. That's and usually well, that's which, which, is always, which is always the point guard. The difference is twofold right now. Part of the difference is uh, what about Stephon Marbury? They're coach? hiring better players as head coaches. Like point guards that were better on the court are now getting head coaching jobs. Where before it was like, the guy, yeah, they're that's because a lot of the better yeah, those players are guys were getting good coaches when they first. Like you got the Steve Nashes and Jason yeah. Kids getting head coaching jobs, and then the other thing, of course, is the fact that it's like no experience, man. Like coming off the street and coach our team. Yeah, and and those are the guys that are getting coaching jobs like kind of right away. Although I don't know that Steve Nash ever expressed an interest. Well, you know, you yeah, that one I never saw coming. That's what I'm saying. Like you got Steve Nash, just boom. You know, like obviously Ty Lue was just a rotational. guy. He was trash, and he's probably going to be a coach. Um, Yeah, I still don't know how. I mean, just a lot of the other guys. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see this offseason. He's going somewhere. I mean, the last player Whether he takes over LA, where there goes to Houston. I'm trying to think of the last player to become a head coach that, like, besides Steve Kerr, because that's just like, but Kerr just that was, that was good. Like, he got a great team, but like, 
Like that was unexpected. I mean, like so Mark Mark Jackson wasn't a bad coach, except there's a hundred thousand reasons you wouldn't hire him. Right. It's, it's like not religious. worth not worth the headache that he brings. But you know, he wasn't a bad coach his first time coaching. Like Larry Bird did a damn good job with Indiana. Yeah, Bird did then, good. Then he pieced out real quick. But like Derek Fisher done a terrible job. Ty Lu, I still don't know if he's a coach or not. <laughs> Derek Fisher. <laughs> Jason Kidd, I still don't know if he's a head, good head coach or not. Like, I haven't seen that many that just make that transition, and so I don't. You know, are your are your hopes high for Steve Nash having to deal with already? Not a man ain't even coached a game yet, and already one of his two best players comes out <laughs> and was like, "We don't actually see us having a head coach." I'd be like, "Hold up, what?" Like you trying to reinvent the wheel here? So the coach by committee of all players and one guy that used to be a player. So I've seen the point made, and I don't know how true it is because I don't know like really you know what the Lakers do in terms of their coaching. But I saw the point made that the Lakers kind of did the same thing with like Vogel, Kid, I think whoever else they have, and like LeBron, which is kind of what Kyrie was saying. And again, I don't know how true it is with the Lakers, but it's something that I could see. Like when Kyrie said it, I was like, "Oh well, that's that's not good." And then I saw the the point about the Lakers, where it's like, "Hey, they kind of do this." And I was like, "I don't know if that's true, but like I could see it being true." And you know, if it is true, then I think it's not as ridiculous as we just, you know, as you would immediately think of it. Okay, but has anyone ever come out and said that as a Laker? Has LeBron come out and said, no. "You know, Frank Vogel is not our head coach." <laughs> Never. Like no. And like y'all even had y'all, Steve Nash been your coach for a week. You haven't even had time to discuss like what y'all trying to do. Yeah. And Kyrie already yeah, out here ruffling feathers. <laughs> like Ky- he makes it ugh. Kyrie makes it hard to like him. Like I still like him, but he makes it hard to like him. Oh, not me. I think he's hilarious. He had that uh he had that video the other day too where he was like burning sage or something. And he was just uh Talk, talking in his camera. It was after all the coach stuff. We, we need to have like a top 10 just, of shit Kyrie has done. He's just said. funny, man. Like the flat earth stuff and then coming out and saying, oh, I was just saying that. And like everything. Yeah, I, was, I just said it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean, mean it. it. <laughs> like all the LeBron stuff. You talk about uh, Borat too. <laughs> <laughs> so like just speaking of the flat earth thing, I saw the the trailer and like the, the funniest part was... Um, his, you know, quote unquote daughter was in the back and she was like, My father's the smartest man in the whole flat world. <laughs> I don't have Amazon Prime though, so I don't know how I'm about to watch it. Wait, you what? It's it's is being released through uh But you don't have Amazon you don't Prime. Have Prime? No. Man, how the hell do you live without Prime? I don't use Amazon that much, honestly. Really? I ain't giving Bezos my dollars. I'll give him to a, a upstanding citizen like Phil Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. all right. Street let's cats. jump onto the diamond for a hot minute. Uh, baseball season, postseason in full swing, and it is very entertaining to start, especially if you're a Houston Astros fan who are dominating the Oakland Athletics two games to none as these two teams play in. Hell yeah, Stadium. they are. Which is the weirdest thing for me is trying to figure out which stadium these guys are playing in. It's their own little version of a bubble. So Houston and, and Oakland are playing in Los Angeles. The Yankees and the Rays are playing in San Diego. Uh, the Braves and the Marlins are playing in Houston. Okay, And the Dodgers and Padres are playing in Arlington. So they're keeping their bubbles between California and Texas. 
And I guess I get the idea. Neither team's the actual home team, but they get to take turns being the home team like it should be in the postseason, at least at this point, where they're no used to playing, which is the divisional series, because that wild card stuff is brand new to them. Uh, but yeah, so the Astros already looking good. Up 2 nothing on the A's. Uh, Yankees took the first game against the Rays and are currently trailing the A the Rays 5-1 in game two. We're uh, all rooting for the Rays, right? For the Rays? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care. I like I don't have baseball rivalries. I don't like the Red Sox more than I don't like the Yankees. And I like Aaron Judge. So no, I think I probably yeah, I'm not the rooting for the Rays. The Padres to be in the World Series. You guys are heathens. I, I have a problem with Florida as a state in general. <laughs> so I I agree with you on that. But the Rays are a really nice team, a really well-run organization. They don't have a well-run organization. Of help. They show up once every like seven years, and then they disappear again to obscurity. That's not true. It is true. It's not true. <laughs> like they're like a little better version of the Marlins. Are you high? <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna sick Dylan on you. I'm not even gonna do this. I'm Where were the Rays from 2010 till this before this year? Winning, like, the fifth most games in all of baseball. And doing what with it? Oh, Damn oh, now we're moving the goalposts. Okay. <laughs> Had I mean, one nice run, be. lost to the Phillies in the World Series. Had some nice players that were fun to watch, but they never did much. All right, so... Whatever, back to the podcast. Paul, you, I mean, AJ's not here for you to, you know, really have fun with this, but... The Astros being a sub-500 team in this 60-game season and running through the Twins in the in the wild card and now against a divisional opponent who knows them and kind of sort of owned them this year in the regular season have just smacked them 15 runs to 7 in the first two games. So you, being an Astros defender throughout all of this year, must be feeling pretty damn good about yourself. I just, so I, especially given how tumultuous this year's been for them, all the crap they've been through, Justin Verlander's out, they've played like garbage, they've, it just, it's been a clown show all year, and for them to come and enter the postseason, and yet to drop a game, right? Uh, yes, have not dropped a game Undefeated in the postseason so far. To get rid of Minnesota in the first two. Athletics, so a very good team. Not like they're yeah. rolling through a, rolling through chumps. Nope. For them to come out and play the way they're playing, I love every bit of it. Every bit of it. It's like it's just a big F you. And I don't think they're going to win it all. I don't know if they're going to – I don't think they're even going to get to the series. But ev with every single win, it's like a just a big middle finger to everybody. Oh, yeah. And I love every second of it, man. Especially with not having Verlander, you know, one of your by far best arms. Um, like, it's already a win. Them getting to the ALCS, which it looks like they're on their way to doing. Uh, you know, don't want to count your chickens before they hatch. But unless Oakland really turns it around. And all this is doing is giving Houston more and more confidence uh, with a bunch of guys who know what it's like to play this time of year. Like, you you don't want to give that team confidence. And they got all the confidence in the world right now because they are beating up a team that really did beat them up this year during the regular season. So for them, because it wasn't just Minnesota. Like, oh, you beat Minnesota. Well, Minnesota's lost 18, 18 playoff games in a row. So it's like, what kind of accomplishment is it really? But it's still an accomplishment. Now you've done it against your division rival, the AL West, you know, winners this year uh, in the Oakland Athletics. And you double them up. In the first game, you more than double them up this game. 
And so all that's doing is building their confidence for a team that is good enough without the confidence, even though they didn't play like it this year. And to make it to the ALCS with this team after everything that's gone on is ridiculous. And as much as I like giving them crap for all this stuff, I am kind of rooting for them. Uh, I've always liked Dusty Baker in general, like as a manager. And so I do root for him just in, just in, to him to be in this spot, in the spot of AJ Hinch, who I think should still be there, but that's neither here nor there. Dusty's their manager and they're doing it again. It's just, it'd be amazing if they were actually able to get back to the World Series. And I mean, the, the Rays, while they've surprised a lot of people this year, you know, are not accustomed to this and they're not world beaters. The Yankees more accustomed to this, but they've shown their own mental head case. There's a really good chance that the Houston Astros are the team that represents the American League in the World Series. And if they get the Dodgers I mean, on the other side, <laughs> it's even better. And if you can be under 500 and get to the World Series, like, do you know, just what what confidence does that do for the Detroit Pistons? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Hey, it's been done. The uh, what? The New York Knicks, the year that they went up against the Houston, um, the Houston Rockets in the shortened season. Oh no, no, not the shortened. Sorry, sorry, my bad. Wrong one. Uh, against the uh, San Antonio Spurs in the lockout season, the New York Knicks were the was was the last team in the playoffs, and they made it all the way to the NBA Finals. And then got bitch slapped by Tim Duncan and David Robinson and co. When was that? <laughs> uh, 99. The, lock, uh, 98. the lockout year. 98-99. The first of San Antonio's titles. Yeah, because 98 was both. So one's yeah. so fake news. Fake news Wait, title. How is it fake news? This is a perfect correlation. It was a shortened season. I, we are in a shortened no, season. No, not, 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 not your comparison. I'm saying oh. for Tim Duncan's fake news title. It doesn't count. Oh, well, oh. I mean, you know who else won a title in the short season? <laughs> who? LeBron James. I mean, when did he do that? Was it the, the, uh, was it the first the one? The first one, right? Was the lock, was a 58, was, what was it, a 60 game season instead of 82? Oh, that's close enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving the goalposts. I, 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 I actually forgot about that. I forgot they had a lockout that year. All right, so you're rooting for the Rays and the Astros in these two series. Why are you a Rays fan oh, all yeah. of a sudden? Or you just hate the Yankees? I know I just – well, I don't like the Yankees. I don't want them to win. So, I want them to Carl fail. A big Carl Crawford guy. Uh, but <laughs> I know I, I love the way the Rays are run. I love what they achieve without having the built-in advantages that a lot of these other franchises have. Um, they're not doing it with absurd star power. Like they're just a good, well-built team, and they're super well-run by their general manager. Like – I would love to see them here. I'd love to see how many wins they racked up in the regular season. Like, they absolutely deserve everything they have right now. Okay. Well, the National League. So, yeah, it was LeBron, LeBron's first title that was uh, shortened. Yeah. The National League side of things, also, by the way, it's crazy that every single one of these are divisional rival games. The Rays and the Yankees are AL East, Astros and the A's, AL West. And it's all West and East, by the way. The Central didn't make Dick. <laughs> In the NL side, it's the Braves and the Marlins, NL East, and it's the Padres and the Dodgers, NL West. So Braves took game one today in a fun back-and-forth game with the Marlins. Took that one uh, 10-5, 9-5, something like that. And that doesn't sound like a back-and-forth. No, it was back-and-forth because it was one nothing. That sounds like a back, 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 and then it goes. Uh, it was one nothing Marlins, then 1-1, one, one, then 3-1 Marlins, and then 
4-1 Marlins and then 4-3. And then the Braves went dumb in the seventh for like five runs, six runs, something like that. Um, and then oh, so they they just they just pulled a ton. Huh? Yeah. And uh, right. and then you have the Dodgers and the Padres who are uh, – they are starting the series tonight. And the Dodgers have been everyone's favorite all year long. They're the darlings of uh, Major League Baseball this year, won 70% of their games. And they got an opponent that they know and have been giving them some fights. And this is a team than the Padres that have not won a playoff series since they went to the World Series in 1998. So you got a team that's real happy to be here uh, in the San Diego Padres and a team that's on a mission in the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, Paul, you got any favorites in this one? Anyone you're rooting for on the NL side? Um, Not the Dodgers. Not the Dodgers. Like literally, just not the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> you want an all Florida World Series, Marlins and Rays. But but the Dodgers are like Michigan; they do it the right way. No, not the Marlins. No Stop with the Marlins. My answer is my answer is obvious, just because of you know my upbringing and when I was eight years old, my team was the Braves, and we had TBS, and so the Braves were on, and it was my team at that point in Little League, and fell in love with that pitching staff of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, and so the Braves have been my second team in baseball behind the Tigers uh, since I was literally eight, nine years old. I mean, it's got to be the Padres for me. I mean, they're fun. Yeah, the Padres are fun as hell. The Padres are like the only. So there's, I mean, there's four teams left on each side. And it's like so. I look. I'm like Marlins. Hell no. Braves. I'm super indifferent to. Like I don't. I just don't. See the Braves have a fun lineup too. You know, very Padre like in the young. You know, the young guns, the young hitters. Where did the Marlins come from? The Marlins. The Marlins. You know, they they just like the. Oh, well, they the they started in Florida. In. <laughs> but like how? But they beat they, they beat up Miami. their favorite team, the Cubs. So we treating this you shit know like who the, the GM with for Steve the Marlins in the stands. Do you know who the GM for Miami Marlins is? Isn't isn't Jeter a part time owner? Yeah, he's not G- GM. Oh, Miami. Don, yeah, Matt- yeah, Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly. Hmm. Man who is well. That's just the regular. That's just that's the regular manager. That's not the general manager. The GM. You oh, mean yeah, like yeah. a Dave Dombrowski yeah, yeah. type? Uh, no, that's not Jeter. Jeter is something else, right? Yeah, Jeter is a part time owner. Oh, yeah. Jeter's not running the team. I'm sure he's. he's I'm sure owner. he's making. You know. Miami Marlins general manager Michael Hill, but no Jeter's part of the See, ownership. I, I yeah. thought Jeter was. I thought Jeter was making day to day decisions. I think Derek Jeter wants that job. All I know is the Marlins have been laughed at for like the last five ish years, like nonstop, and now they're a few games from the World Series, and I don't like it. I, I mean, it's not like it was really unwarranted. They're pretty bad. <laughs> I don't like it. I, the Tigers can do that. Like, we're going the opposite direction. I don't like it. Now, I want the Padres to win from the uh, – I would love to see the Padres win. Funny. Padres Rays World Series. That would be hot. I would prefer Padres Astros, but can't have everything yeah, in life. Pa- give me Padres Yankees. Padres play tonight, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Matt yeah. just said. Dodgers and Padres game one starts tonight. See, the, the baseball purist in me wants Dodgers and Yankees for obvious reasons. So disgusting. I won't watch the World Series. I will literally Why not watch, watch the World it? Series. Hang on. Why I, would actually, you watch that? I will watch I will watch the games that Kershaw pitches. So yeah, I can two laugh. Of the largest markets, they are both 
offenses that are filled with some big name players. You know, Giancarlo Stanton and and Judge on the Yankee side. You they know, both discuss uh, Mookie. Betts I mean, listen, it will and... be it'll be one of the highest rated World Series. It'll be really hot, but I will not be a fan. I don't know how the World Series is doing this year with all the craziness going on. You still got the NBA Finals going on right now. You know, baseball. You won't season, win the World that's, Series. That's that's going to be and over. So before that's going to be over so. this week. That's true. Well, we think so. Yes, I'm pretty sure. We think. I feel good about it. Lakers keep playing. But, like I mean, not, three. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, nothing's done as well as it's done before, so I don't expect baseball to shock everybody and reverse that trend. I mean, and they keep having these early start times. You know, games are starting at like two o'clock on a work day. And well, like, well how again, that's not going to be the case in the World Series. The games are going to start True. at seven, eight, now, like whenever. But, but I mean, yeah, the, the NBA did that for the first round too. The game started at 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, and crazy bastards like you and me were watching. Like, God damn right, I was working from home. March Madness in freaking August. That oh, is awesome. I loved it. I loved the first round. No, same. Even though nothing, even though nothing crazy happened. It's <laughs> so like, all right, that's cool. Well, I guess the Nuggets came back from 3-1, but everyone thought the Nuggets were going to win this series anyway. All right, so you assume the NBA will be over this week. We assumed it was going to be a hard enough battle for Miami before the series even started. And then in game one, you lose Drogic and Bam and kind of sort of Jimmy who rolled the same ankle twice. And now we're just looking there going, Jesus, can these guys even win a game? Well, they won a game. They won game three. They played their guts out and the Lakers certainly did not. And we saw some of the bad signs of the Lakers when it's just LeBron and AD and not enough help on the outside. Markeith Morris played really well game three. Can't take that away from him. Uh, but Danny Green, I mean, since game one, where the hell you been? Uh, Kuzma not doing enough. Caruso not either not doing enough or not getting enough minutes or probably not getting enough minutes because not doing enough in those minutes. Uh, but you're not getting the help that you were getting against Denver on the Lakers side. And on Miami's side, you've got guys that are fighting and clawing and it's it's like it's like old school celtic style or an even 90s miami heat style where these guys are just tougher and rougher than the lakers have been and they were able to do that in game three and kind of get back into the series and game four is already tipped off here while we're recording and it's a ball game to start for sure uh ryan you know we all kind of groaned after game one and then game two you know miami fought but they didn't you know they didn't they never the Lakers were never in danger in game two. Nothing that I ever felt anyway. I'm not sure if you did, but I didn't think so. And so we're all just like, Jesus, here we go. Like after this craziness of a series of a season, it's going to end in a whimper. And then Miami really showed some fight in game three. How are you feeling after Miami's game three win? I mean, not, not great. The big thing there for game three was AD got in foul trouble. Uh, so, you know, he's kind of played off the court due to uh, due to his own mishaps. And then you really just have did, and then you really did just have LeBron because you had, I think, Marcus Morris gave you 19 points off the right. bench and like so did Kuzma. So you and the other guys, they chipped in very, very little. But you probably got like 40, 45 points from the bench in that game, which if you're the Lakers is really what you should be aiming for. And, uh, and you know, AD just didn't. Hold up his end of the bargain, partly because he, you know, wasn't on the court. And then when he was on the court, he was just plain timid. You know, he either took the night off or he just didn't want to want to pick up the, those fouls because the end score was, 
you know, heat by a lot. I think they won by like 10. But, you know, even in the fourth quarter, it was tight. I think the Lakers had a 91 to 90 lead at some point. And then I know the Heat were leading like 97, 94 a little bit after that. So it was still a, a relatively close game for, you know, most of it. And then um, and then towards the end, the Heat just made the plays that they that they need to play and pulled that game up. Uh, plus, you know, Jimmy Butler played the, the best game that he's ever played in his, in his career. He had 40, 11, and 13. Or just something nuts like that. In yeah, the what they, what they say, that, Jimmy Butler is the first player in the NBA Finals against LeBron to actually be leading LeBron in every statistical category: points, assists, yeah, rebounds. Yeah, he he out rebounded, he outscored him, and he out assisted him. I don't know if it was for the whole series or just that game, but the the assist thing actually wouldn't surprise me for the whole series because even the game before that, I think he had thirteen assists too on like twenty eight points. You know, because Bam was out and Goran was out, and those are right. you know two of the other two of the other you know of initiators for their offense. But I mean, that makes me. And I already wasn't big on the Heat before Dragic and Adebayo went down, at least in this series. And I like them as a team, and I want them to win. I just don't think they will. But it to me, it didn't really do anything to kind of give you confidence. I mean, you get confidence because you won a game. But again, you know, AD wasn't playing his full minutes. And when he was playing those full minutes, they weren't like what AD was giving you all of his. And then you had Jimmy Butler go just stupid in one of the best, you know, really just final stat lines and finals games that you're ever going to see. And that's, you know, if that's your recipe for success and winning, I don't think that that's something that's that's the same sustainable and they do have Bam back tonight. They don't have Drogic. They might get Drogic back for game five. He tried to play tonight and then, uh, you know, he tested his foot and he's like, ah, I, I don't you know, want it, but you know, I don't know like how, how much your foot gets better in two days. You know what I mean? So even if he does play, he's certainly not going to be at, at a hundred percent. And, um, you know, if you're just the Lakers, their, their perimeter defense is pretty good anyway. So I think it'll just make it really tough on um, on a guy like Dragic, who who is an older guy. So maybe the the you know plantar fascia is is taking a little bit more of a toll on him than it would somebody else. But it's it's not great, not great recipes for success. You know, for for me, if you're the Miami Heat, I mean, you're obviously going to keep fighting, but that is, like I'm dumbfounded by Jimmy Butler because I saw that first roll. And that first roll is Jimmy Butler driving. And so his left foot is where all his weight's going for that next step. The right foot's in the air, and the foot rolls. And he gets on that ankle, and he goes right down at near the end of the first half of game one. And I'm like, and I looked, I saw immediately, and Ryan, you and I have played enough basketball. I'm sure Paul this happened to you too. Like, you roll your ankle. It happens. But some are worse than others. If you're able to get some weight off of it in time, it looks bad, but it's not as bad. I don't know how he was able to get any weight off of that in time when that was the foot he is stepping with in that step, in that turn, with his right foot in the air, and he's able to come back. You know, game two, we could tell, you know, he was not, he was not great. Uh, in game two and did not shoot all that much. Didn't come, didn't do that much when he came back in game one of the second half, but to do what he did in game three, I understand it's been a couple days. You're able to ice it and probably got a shot of some Novocaine or whatever. And, you know, you was go. able to help make it a little bit better, but that ankle is nowhere near a hundred percent. And for him to put up a 40 point triple double and being at tops, 85% is just astounding to me. Yeah. I mean, it's what is what his team needed too. 
right? Like he's, yes. He is he is the only the only guy that they you know could go to in uh in that situation. So I'm sure you know the adrenaline plays a part in it. But also it's like, hey, you know, this is what you have to do for us to win this game. It's not it's not like he had really a choice to defer to anybody else. Right. I mean it's the epitome of mental and physical toughness, which is what Jimmy Butler has, you know, kind of personified for years now. So on the opposite side of that, Paul, I want you to come defend your mans who left the court with 10 seconds left in game three. Game ain't even over. This ain't a rivalry. This ain't Isaiah and the bad boys leaving against their hated rival, the Bulls. This is a nobody, your former team. You got love for these guys. You got love for the management and the the coaches and all that stuff. And you leave before the game is over and you're supposed to be this leader, the GOAT. I I don't know what there is to defend because it's much ado about nothing he was on to game four he was done the game, game was over, over. game, game over was yet. over listen <laughs> alex alex Crusoe, <laughs> alex Crusoe can check in and finish the goddamn game lebron is on to game four i don't you know people will make up anything to get at this guy it's nonsense the game was over he lost yeah. he's moving on it's on to game four yeah. you're okay you want to god you up. want it him happens. you want him to have a game goddamn pow on the court and make out with jimmy butler and Eric Spolstra because they won a game. Congratulations. We're on to game four. Like you want him to sit on the court after he just lost the finals no, game. definitely not. I want him to wait for the clocks to strike zero before walking off. Why? What are they going to do? Fucking tee him up? The do. game is over. Who gives a shit? Man. Got nothing but LeBron. I, I agree with Paul on this. It's just funny. <laughs> I, I do think, so you were talking to Ryan about like confidence, right? Like, so Ryan's like, you know, I, I didn't get much more confidence from the game three win, whatever, prolong the series. Let's be real. And even a healthy Miami, you're not going to be, no one is going to be confident. We'll exclude Miami fans, but probably most of them. No one is going to be confident unless Miami's up like 18 in the fourth quarter of game seven. I don't care what happens and who's involved. I mean, if LeBron goes down, obviously it's different, but assuming health on the Lakers standpoint, like no one is going to feel better that, oh my God, Miami might actually do this unless they're literally up in game seven. But the the better th- the thing is like, can they make it more of a series? Because people kind of Miami out before the series started. And Everyone's like after game one. Lakers and four Lakers and five. Then game one happens. Not only do they lose, but they take personnel losses, bad ones, right? Like ones that they absolutely can't afford. They can't afford any personnel losses already to compete with this team. Now we obviously talked about this a lot in our preview. Um, injuries. They're not talented enough to sustain the injuries. And on the flip side, the Lakers aren't deep enough to sustain injuries. Both teams need to stay healthy. And Miami hasn't done that yet. Defeated and down. 0-2, backs against the wall, with a undermanned roster, they were able to steal Game 3. This is huge. It prolongs this series. It gives us more entertainment value, and it shows that Miami is a scrappy team that's not going to go away, that is not going to give in, that clearly is not going to get swept, and they might lose in five games. And the next game or two might not be competitive. We don't know. But at the end of the day... Miami is going to fight and they're going to make things difficult. What do we talk about before the series? Making life difficult, right? We said they, they are going to mix. They're going to throw everything that they can on the, at the Lakers on defense, right? The Lakers in game three only took, I want to say, 36% of their shots near the rim. Super, super, super low for them. Like way, way low for them. 
They took a lot of threes. They made them at just a below average clip for them. They made 33% of their threes. They make 35% on the season. So nothing out of the ordinary. They're not a great three-point shooting team. But they've been better in the postseason. I mean, small sample size. I, it's not some resurgence that all oh, these guys learned how to shoot better. We're small sample size, and yeah, they had a few game streak where they were hot. But overall, Miami's able to make life very difficult for them. And I talked about, and I was laughed at because they're like, oh, Lakers are the best defensive team in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. And I told you guys, I felt like Miami was going to be able to have success on offense and success in a variety of ways. The last two games, Miami's putting up 120 points per 100 possessions. Which would blow away by miles the best offensive pace in the NBA for this season. Like just miles blow it away. They're not going and they did this, mind you, the last two games. Undermanned. Without BAM, right? So they're not going away. They're gonna fight. They're gonna scrap. They match up better than people think they match up. And no, they're probably not the better team. No, they don't have the two best players in the series, although you could make an argument between Jimmy Butler and AD. You could certainly make that argument. But they don't have LeBron. But they have a team. And injured or not, they're going to fight. I don't know how much Bam is going to be able to give tonight. I don't know how much he's going to be able to give the next two, three games, how many ever games are going to be left. But whether you have confidence in this team or not, whether they're actually going to win this thing, they deserve all the credit in the world for not just getting here, but the way they've played once they're here. And they've been written off how many times now? How many times has he been written off? And they're still here down one game. Yeah, and giving the Lakers everything they can handle right now. They're up by five, you know, with nine minutes left in the first half. They're not going away. The Lakers have to take it. And right now, the way the Lakers have been playing, they haven't been taking it. AD's not taking it. LeBron isn't taking it. All right, are you guys ready for picks? Yeah, let's get to the picks. <laughs> um, we just getting right into them, or, or we got a we got we, oh no oh no we, we we reading the records, baby. Oh, I know. I'm just I, I know how I know how the picks go. Matt's excited because this is the first and possibly the last time that he has ever been leading picks. You damn right. Uh, so Take Matt had a great it. week last week. Matt went yeah. eight and two. Four and one in both college and the NFL. Very, very good. Fuck you, and, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. And not just Oklahoma, but. No, uh, no the Raiders one I'll take. That, that's fine. The Buffalo right. Bills played a better game. Raiders, but no, no. But Oklahoma. The Raiders fought hard, you. too. <laughs> Oklahoma's garbage. Um, so, no. So, he did really well. Uh, obviously, since last week was our first NCAA picks, he's leading the pack. And uh, it's even more impressive, in my opinion, because me and Ryan went one and four. In those same picks. It's very, very bad. There we go. Uh, not a great time. We're we're on the rough side of things. Uh, but as good as Matt did last week NFL, he is still trailing me by a game in NFL picks. Because as I have every season, I am winning NFL picks. Uh-huh. Uh, You're not going to talk about AJ and Don? Uh, no, we're going to get there. We're going to get to them. They're just nothing noteworthy so far. Uh, so Matt leads the pack. He's 12-8 and eight on the season. Batting 600 is pretty good. Uh, me and Don are actually tied at a cool 500, 10 and 10. And we got AJ, fourth place, 9-11. And uh, bringing up the rear, is that a rough couple weeks? Ryan is really struggling, 7 and 13 in picks so far, but 
Right. He's gonna make. I just want to give you that buffer since I won last. Yeah, year. he's gonna make up for it in his next next handful of picks. Next handful of weeks, he'll be okay. He's gonna come back. That's right, ten, ten and zero. I feel better about this week. Look I, I feel solid about this week. I already made my picks in all the other stuff too. So uh, AJ and Don are not with us tonight. Well, Don's never with us. We always call it picks, but AJ's not here either. Obviously, uh, Matt made it sound like he died at the beginning of the show, which he didn't. He's fine. Uh, minor hiccup, just taking care of his fam. Uh. I'll announce their picks as is per norm. We got a really fun college slate this week, actually. A um, lot of good games between top 25 teams. Uh, actually, top 25 teams matched up with other top 25 teams. And ironically, my favorite part of this is the only matchup where that's the exception is the Red River rivalry. Uh, but that's our third game on the slate. We're going to start. We got fourth-ranked Florida. Fourth-ranked Florida. I don't remember the last time they were ranked this high, but I suspect it's been a while. Probably the Tebow days. They're traveling to Texas, where I believe they're allowed to have some fans, uh, to take on A&M. And Florida's a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. That's how good Florida's been. Now, Texas A&M coming off a loss to Alabama, where they looked great for a quarter-and-a-half, right? About a quarter-and-a-half. And then they looked really, really, really bad. What, what A&M are we going to see this week, guys? You tell me. Well, I don't know if uh, Florida is a playoff team, but I do know that they're better than Texas A&M. Give me the Gators. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Give me the Gators. That's going to be a sweep across the board. AJ and Don on the same pace. And it's not the A&M can't cover or even win this game. It's Florida's just looked really, really good. Kyle Trask. Now, listen, nobody's been tested hard at this point in the season. Outside of A&M has, and you've seen how they did their (laughs) test. Uh but no one's really been tested super hard. But Kyle Trask, it looks like maybe Florida finally has a legit quarterback. Um, I don't know if I buy all the hype. People are talking about could he work his way into the first round now. I think that's a little bit too much. But he doesn't need to for them to be a great college team. Um, and he really is starting to unlock that offense. And a few years after after Gator Boy has left, um, they're looking pretty damn good. They're looking like a real playoff contender. And I think they can for sure win this game by a touchdown, even though it's on the road. Uh, UNC is back to disappoint Ryan again. Oh, maybe. Um, He was the only one that believed in UNC last week to cover, even though he hates UNC the most out of any of us. This week, UNC is once again favored. Not only are they favored, it's curious to me is they're ranked eighth in the country. Eighth. Eighth. Yeah. I genuinely think... It's like just, by and I'm college. not saying that we're going to be a top 10 team. I don't know what we're going to be this year. I think Michigan will beat UNC by two touchdowns. I really do. Like, if they played today, we haven't played a game yet. We have never even seen our quarterback throw a meaningful pass. And I think we beat them by two touchdowns. I don't know how they're ranked eighth in the country, but the Mac hype, Mac Brown hype is real. They're favored by five and a half over 19th ranked Virginia Tech at home. Well, Virginia Tech's going to beat them by two touchdowns, too. Let's go, Hokies. Uh, yeah, I'm with Ryan on this one. Give me the Hokies. Not trusting UNC. Not yet. So we are starting with two clean sweeps. I mean, so I do think UNC is quite a bit better in Virginia Tech. I just I'm not going to trust them to co- to win by a touchdown. Basically, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Virginia Tech with the rest of these guys. And uh, so now we have, we talked about it a little bit. We got the Red River rivalry. And I don't know, at least certainly since I've been paying attention to those specific teams. When I was younger, of course, I was all Big Ten only. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to national games as much. Plus, when we were younger, uh, we didn't have nearly as much access to them. The internet wasn't what it was. Uh, But this is as poor of a matchup in this rivalry as I can remember. Uh, Texas is ranked 22nd. Barely hanging on by a thread to being ranked. And really, they shouldn't be to me. Um, Texas should have back-to-back losses like Oklahoma does. Oklahoma has a losing record three games into the season. A losing record three games into the season. Texas should have a losing record. These teams are not good. This is all the Big 12 hopes run these two teams. And they're not good, man. Oklahoma, despite being 1-2... and two, is favored by two at home over barely ranked Texas hanging out by a thread. Yeah, I know uh, Spencer Radler's look bad in these last two games, but I can't pick Tom Herman over Lincoln Riley. Even though I, I don't know how good Lincoln Riley's looked in these last couple games either. Maybe because he doesn't have a quarterback. But the Sooners are going to win this game and get back to 500. Man, I mean, is this 2020 or what? Like, you got Texas, Oklahoma, and they're both ranked outside the top 20 for the first time in like 20 years. And. Neither one of them deserves to be as high as they are ranked, even in Texas, especially. Uh, I got a. No, I went with Oklahoma last week. Fuck Oklahoma. Hook him. <laughs> He's been spurned, and so is AJ agreeing with Matt, but Don agrees with me and Ryan. Um, I, I don't want to pick either of these teams. At some point, I think. I mean, so these are two of the most hailed offensive minds in college. At least they were. Uh, Stoops obviously has, or I'm sorry, Lincoln Riley, Jesus Christ, <laughs> really throwing it back. Lincoln Riley, the last few years especially, I mean, all he all he Bob produces. Stoops and Mac Brown are doing wonderful things. All, yeah, all he produces is Heisman's in first, first overall picks. Um, but now you're seeing what happens when he has a quarterback that's maybe not quite as talented as those guys were. Um, but it's not all in Spencer Rattler either. And we know how both of these teams' defense Is are. Is a transfer? No, 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 no. No, he's five. Yeah, home, home. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, that that is the problem. <laughs> was Kyler a transfer? Yeah, they're they're like the Lakers. Yeah, Kyler was a transfer. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> Sp- listen. Honestly, I don't want to get into recruiting, but Spencer had a lot of red flags coming out of high school. All the talent, but he's kind of a cockhead. Um. And I do mean cockhead, not cokehead. I hope he's, I don't know if he's cokehead, just a cockhead. Uh, but Texas, I mean, Herman was the hottest name in the sport when he was hired at Texas. And they've only disappointed, even though they have what should be a pretty damn decent quarterback in Sam Ellinger. And both of these teams are just garbage on defense. Their quarterbacks can't get things going consistently. And you just got two coaches standing on the sidelines scratching their heads. Well, someone has to win this game. And I'm going to go... I think overall talent in this one, the team that's been here more, the team who recently has produced better on the offensive side of the ball that I think has a better chance to turn things around. And Ellinger's been there. This is what, his third year starting now? Yep. This is not new to him. He's not going to grow at a rapid pace from this point. Whereas Rattler, this is his first year starting. He's a true sophomore, I believe. So he can get better. But you're picking Rattler to be better in this game than Ellinger. I'm not. I'm picking well, either one Rattler has defense. and all of Oklahoma. <laughs> well, but Oklahoma has a little bit more on offense, I think. 
And I think they have a little bit better coach. So I'm going to side with, listen, this is a crappy game. Like it's not, like this is so jacked up. This is not, this is not what it's been in years past. It's bad, but I'm going to roll with Oklahoma. They cannot keep burning me like they burned Matt. Uh, moving on to a game that might be a little bit better, although I've, so sick of the Tennessee hype. God, they've been frauds forever, and people just keep. I mean, Tennessee. Every Tennessee is literally what people say Michigan is, and they and except they always perform ten times worse than Michigan does. It's so absurd. Like they get the hype every year, and Tennessee's back, and like whatever, and they just suck every year, man. And yet they're ranked fourteenth in the country. They are undefeated familiar. against nobodies. Um, Georgia, though, is going to be a huge test for them, and. We didn't really know a lot about Georgia's QB situation. They got JT Daniels as a grad transfer who I was big on, but he hasn't been able to play. He has still not gotten over that injury that caused him to lose his job at USC. And he's not healthy. And they started with Dwayne Mathis and he didn't work out. But now they have a quarterback. And they have a quarterback that looks competent. Milk's maybe better than Justin Fields was last year. And... They looked really good against Auburn, and part of that's probably Auburn being overranked, as all SEC teams are at this point in the year, but they looked really, really good last week, and they're favored by 12.5 over Tennessee at home for that. Yeah, can they beat uh, SEC Michigan by 13 points? I think they can. I do think the Georgia train keeps on rolling. Uh, okay, they beat Auburn in Auburn by 21 points. Uh, yeah, I think they can beat Tennessee by two touchdowns. So, so give me the, this give me is dogs. out of four games, we have three unanimous picks across the five of us. And it's well, if Tennessee is games. anywhere near as good as people think they are, <laughs> they should cover this. But they're not. They're frauds. And I don't know if Georgia's that good either. I don't like either of these teams. But Tennessee's frauds. I'm going to roll with the dogs on this one. And defense look pretty good. What? Should, in theory, be the game of the week, but Vegas doesn't think so. Miami's ranked in the top 10. And you know that GIF from Back to the Future? The what year is a GIF? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's every time I look at Miami right now, that's, I'm just, that's playing in my head on loop. Miami is ranked in the top. They're ranked number seven in the country. And they've looked pretty good, but they've looked good against garbage ACC competition. Like everybody else, they haven't played anyone yet. And we know how bad FSU is. We know what Clemson is. We know what Clemson's bringing to the table. And that's why they're favored by 14 over a top seven team. Is that too much? I don't think it's too much. I only saw Miami once this year, and it was when they played Louisville. And Miami looked great, but that defense didn't look great. Louisville still scored 13 points. Uh, so I am going to take Clemson to to cover this game in like their first actual big time Clemson game, where they go on they score you know like sixty points. Yeah, last time these two teams matched up with you know similar hype behind both teams, uh, Clemson scraped Miami thirty eight to three. So <laughs> I will go with the Tigers over the Canes in this one. So AJ is going to be the lone dissenter, and he's not here to explain why. Although I can imagine that spread is a tad high for him. Here's the thing. As I said with Tennessee, if Miami is nearly as good as people think they are, they're going to cover the spread. But teams like Clemson, teams like Alabama, the true cream of the crop, teams like LSU last season, when I'm betting spread with them, the games I worry about aren't the games against really good competition. It's the games that they're favored by 25 against Old Miss in where they may not be given at their best trying to show out. Clemson knows this is a huge game. 
Clemson is going to show up from first to last whistle and try to put on a show. Whether they're going to be able to or not is another story entirely. But they're going to do their best. And these are the games that they show up. Like you said, last time they came to this game hyped, it was like 30-3. to three. Uh, I, you, you have to roll with Clemson until Miami proves otherwise. Clemson has done it. They've done it with this quarterback and this coach. No way in the world in a big game am I picking against Clemson in the spread in this situation. Not happening. And that closes what should be a really good slate of college ball for us, which is great. I mean, there's not even Big Ten has even started yet. Great slate of games in college. But we're going to go over to the NFL. And as great as the college slate is, the NFL slate might be better if for no other reason than we don't have to watch the Detroit Lions this week. <laughs> not only do we not have to watch the Detroit Lions this week, but we cannot watch a live football game with the Detroit Lions this week because they're on a bye. We get a reprieve from the soul-sucking nature of our local team. Yeah, but it's and so because early, of that, you deal with them for 14 more games. Or whatever. That's whatever. <laughs> By then, I'll have so many other things. Big Ten oh, starts boy. in a couple weeks. We are two and a half weeks from Big Ten football, baby. Two and a half weeks. Yeah, Counting down the days. You can start in one and three. Counting about the day. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> we might start 0-1. We're not going to start 1-3. No, but we are bringing it back. And we get Tampa Bay. Traveling traveling to Chicago. Tom Brady gets to take on his arch nemesis, Big Dick Nick Foles. BDN! And uh, this game opened at minus three. Nobody believes in Chicago. Now, now let this. These teams are both three and one. Chicago feels like they're 0 oh and 4, both from perception, fan, how they've looked on the field. And that's 0 oh and 4 is much closer to their worth as a football team than 3 and 1 is. And that is why Tampa Bay is five-point road favorite. Do you guys believe Chicago is anywhere near as good as their record? No, but uh, you know I'm also not one to say that. You you won the games. Good job. For this game, though, uh, Foles looked so bad last week. Just like really, really, really bad. So it made sense why he was playing behind Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, without, you know, just saying like, oh, they drafted Trubisky, so they want they want him to be the guy. I think full showed you why he wasn't able to beat him out in camp. Uh, I'm going to take the, the bucks in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm with Ryan on this one. I'm taking the bucks in this one. I'm also predicting that Gronk gets his first touchdown of the year in, in the windy city in on soldier field. Uh, give me Tampa Bay in this one. I do not believe in Chicago whatsoever. Don is the lone dissenter here. For God knows what reason, uh, we're all. Well, he's not Tampa. picking him to win, right? He's just picking him to stay within five. I would imagine, yes. Uh, he he was not clear, but uh, yeah, I would imagine for sure. Um, I I don't know what the spread would have to be at for me to take Chicago. Probably north, probably fourteen and a half um, is where I would pick Chicago in this game. I, Chicago's garbage. They're legitimately a bottom five NFL team. I don't give a shit what the record is. They're not a good football team. Uh, Tampa Bay still got a lot to figure out, uh, but they're going to continue to figure it out against Chicago as they roll with at least a touchdown win, probably more. Uh, moving on to what could be a game of the week. And I got literally laughed at two weeks ago on this podcast when I said a team was going to have to figure out a way to contain Josh Allen. They laughed at. Laughed at. 
Josh Allen looks like a legit MVP candidate. Looks better than Lamar did last year. Who told you? No, it's not. But who told you that the MVP hype was going to build up after week four? Yeah. That was the week after you laughed about containing Josh Allen. And then who laughed last week when I said that? You said, no, he's not going to be. All right. So if you come around on White Lightning, have you acknowledged that he is a very good NFL quarterback? No, because he's still not very good. He's balling out, and this week, I do think that continues. You have the Titans. I don't even know if they practiced yet. I know just what yesterday they had finally their first. So day they're without they're any supposed COVID to be clear. Tests. They're supposed to start practicing on Wednesday, which they will actually have. It will give them the same amount of practice as they have in a normal game week. And right now, so this spread is up down everywhere. Right now, I have it locked in at Buffalo minus one. If that changes drastically, like a few points before the game, I will update that for us. But right now, I got Buffalo at minus one over Tennessee. Both of these teams undefeated. For 4-0 Buffalo versus 3-0 Tennessee, who obviously didn't play last week. Uh, it is important to note that the eight players that tested positive for Tennessee um, and eight staff members, nobody really important. Um, not anything that's going to change a lot of how this game is still, played. Still shut down their facilities. Uh, so to me, the the spread doesn't make a lot of sense, and it kind of scares me because it's basically a pick em. And with how good Buffalo has looked, I thought that'd be at least worth a few points on the spread, given that, you know, Tennessee obviously hasn't touched a, a football field in in 10 days. So I do think that they come out rusty. Um, I do think, you know, if anything, just not having that, that on your body after not having really any type of like offseason or preseason to now have to try and, you know, cram in those Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday practices, and then going up against um, Buffalo, who is, you know, a tough physical team for those defenders. I'm sure, you know, Josh Allen is going to run a bunch. If you haven't played football in a long time, I imagine the last person you want to try and tackle is probably going to be Josh Allen. So all signs to me point for Buffalo to start out 5-0 and and then be frauds like the Lions were in 2011. Yeah, when these two teams rematch in the AFC divisional round or whatever round in the playoffs, I will take Tennessee. But off of COVID and not being able to practice and all that, uh, Buffalo looking rather sharp right now. Uh, I will roll with the Bills. AJ loaned a center on this one, but I don't think this spreads anything crazy. I think you make a case for both teams. Tennessee's at home. Um, they're going to be amped up. Tennessee had a ton of rest. In rest in the NFL is very important. And I'm not worried about them being rusty, especially in offense. They're not a team that needs this big rhythm and to sling the ball everywhere. Um, I, I, I don't think that this Corona layoff or whatever you want to call it is going to hurt them a lot, honestly. And, and you're still I, picking Buffalo. Yes, I'm still picking Buffalo, but because White Lightning cannot be contained. Um, moving on, and uh, no, I'm not by the no a hospital bit. I'll 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 talk more about these That's two teams when I make my pick. We have Las Vegas. The Raiders are traveling to KC, who also can't be stopped. And I do recall someone I like very much getting a lot of shit in the off season. Because he had the audacity to say that Kansas City could maybe go undefeated. And it was like just a riot. Like everyone was just all up in arms. Oh my god, the best team in the league could go undefeated. How ridiculous. Well, they 
really look like a team that could possibly go undefeated. Not that it's likely, because of course winning 16 games in one season, in the regular season, is borderline impossible. It's been done one time. Uh, But I don't think he's looking so dumb right now. Kansas City favored by 13 in a divisional matchup. I don't know about 13. Because they, I mean, they kept it close with the Patriots for most of the game. And then you had Hoyer turn the ball over again. Stidham threw a couple of interceptions, I think. Uh, definitely, you know, had the pick six. And they were able to feast off the turnovers, really off of just like bad Patriot mistakes. And I don't think Vegas is a great team, but they're better than a Cam List Patriots team is. Um, so I do think they'll be able to keep it closer than 13. But probably not. I'm, I'm still going to go with Vegas against my better judgment. Yeah, I don't know about that defense. You know, Patriots, while being banged up offensively, still have a pretty decent defense. Raiders, I'm still questioning on the defensive side of the football. Uh, and, you know, Kansas City looked a little off, sure. But I think there were extenuating circumstances in that. I think they'll be more on their game this weekend. So I will roll with the champs. That's going to make Matt the lone to center. I genuinely think Las Vegas could win this game. I'm not going to pick them to win the game, but I think they could win this game. They are better than people think they are. Will I say they're a great team? No, but they are a good football team. Not even average, they are a good football team. They're a football team that's made a lot of mistakes and shot themselves in the foot a lot recently, but they are a good football team, and they're a team that I think is going to really start to come together over the next few weeks. I mean, people act like they're 0-4. They're not. They're 2-2. And they had a couple rough losses to some good teams. Derek Carr said it best this week. I'm sick of losing. I mean, he said it. He's sick of losing. I, oh, well, then. Well, well obviously, <laughs> they're going to win. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I'm Stafford has been sick team, of losing for 12 years. I'm saying this team is going to start coming together. And 13 points in a divisional game against a good team is too much for me to bet on. Now, I'm not going to lay money on Vegas, but I'm certainly going to lay my pick on them to cover the 13 in a very important game for them. And do not be shocked if they pull off what to a lot of people would be a stunning upset. Moving on to what should be one of the more entertaining games of the week. According to Dylan, our good friend, the most entertaining team in football, because he's high as a kite, uh, we got Indianapolis and Phil Rivers, who only throws the tight ends now much to the disdain of anyone that owns T.Y. Hilton in fantasy. And, uh, or Naeem Hines or John. They are <laughs> one and a half point favorites over, I believe, three and one Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland, who just hey. literally styled on the Cowboys for 60 minutes. Did what I, you got Jarvis Landry out here looking like a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. You got OBJ playing backyard football and then sprinting 50 yards into the end zone on a rush. I, Literally just embarrassed the Cowboys, and it was much glee, much glee watching that. Uh, but I probably gonna have a rougher go at this one. They're home dogs though, one and a half point dogs at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take them at home. I'm gonna buy buy the hype for at least another week. They've you know obviously looked a, a little bit better this year than the the train wreck that they were last year. I do think OBJ might be in a little bit better headspace. And they've already shown, you know, like with the Jarvis Landry pass, that their offense can get pretty creative. And they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more this week with uh, Nick Chubb going on on IR. So, I don't know, man. Give me, um, 
give me the Browns in this one. And maybe I just don't like the Colts because I'm not – every time I watch Phillip Rivers and I know he won on, you know, whatever his last game played, but all of those balls that he threw looked absolutely terrible. <laughs> I mean, at least this week Cleveland will face a defense because Indianapolis definitely has a better defense than the Dallas Cowboys non-existent defense. Uh, but they have definitely look like they're starting to click offensively, even with Nick Chubb going down. You've got Kareem Hunt. You've got uh, – what's Johnson's first name? Begins with a D. Uh, it's D. D. Ernest Johnson. D. Ernest Johnson. So, Thanks. so not even close. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they got the spread perfect on this one because I don't know which way to go with it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with Ryan on this one. And, uh, I'll take the home boys and uh, give me the dog pound. Yeah, no, I am pound. maybe foolishly big on Indy this year, and I think they have so much more to show us, especially if Philip Rivers starts remembering what it's like to throw to wide receivers. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think is going to start being used more and more and more in the offense. Their offensive line is very good. Their defense is very solid. I think this is a team that if they come together and if Philip Rivers can get his shit together, can certainly contend in the AFC. Um, and Cleveland's not. Cleveland cannot contend in the AFC. I don't care what they've done. How good they looked last week. They're not on Indianapolis's level is a team. And... The biggest weakness in Indy right now, honestly, is quarterback. And Phil Rivers isn't that bad of a quarterback, even at this age. And Baker Mayfield's not that good of a quarterback to make up that difference. So I love Indianapolis, just one and a half point favorite. Um, I think this is a great one to play in parlays. Uh, I'm all aboard that train. And uh, Don is the only one with me. The other three of you are just all aboard, all aboard Jarvis Landry to OBJ, and I get it; it's exciting. But I, I don't understand. I don't they like lose twenty-one twenty. We're still right. Yes, but if okay. they lose twenty-two twenty or not, that's how the spread works. Or when Cleveland just wins outright. Uh, game that I'm excited for, even though I'm probably the only one excited for it. Um, we got Minnesota traveling to Seattle, and Minnesota was winless until last week. They played another winless team. Two teams last week, Houston and Minnesota, that came into the season with a lot of hope and then started promptly 0-3. And Minnesota is the champion of the winless bowl. So they are now 1-3, taking on a Seattle team with the MVP candidate, even ahead of Josh Allen right now, in Russell Wilson, just dominating. Uh, this game opened minus 9 for Seattle at home, been playing great, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, it's down to minus seven. A lot of people believe this one might be a little bit closer than we'd expect. What do you guys think? No, I don't see any reason not to take the Seahawks here. Like, I know Dallin Cook has been playing great for Minnesota. That's really all about they have going for him. I, I think Thielen's put up a couple nice stat lines. But Minnesota as a team has looked bad right their only win was against uh, a team that fired their coach slash general manager pretty much immediately after <laughs> the game well the next day and seattle is in no danger of firing uh Ru or not russell wilson well him either but p carroll or or p carroll's boss so i am going to take the seahawks here i think they just have too much talent between you know obviously russ but chris carson dk metcalf um Tyler Lockett, I don't see, I don't see a way Minnesota stops him. 
Yeah. Uh, Seattle's clicking on offense. Minnesota looks like crap on defense. And I don't see them putting up enough points to hang with Seattle in this one. Uh, so I will take the birds. I'm going to be the lone center here. Wow. And I hope I can make up a game here. So Seattle's awesome. Russell Wilson is super awesome. Their defense is not awesome. It's not. And Dalvin Cook is a revelation. I don't care about the primetime garbage in Kirk Cousins. I think I don't think D Seattle's gonna have a ton of possessions in this game compared to normal. It's not gonna be a game like against the Pats, who by the way they almost like come back and win that game. Uh, for no reason. Each team had fifteen freaking possessions. Minnesota is gonna put up two hundred yards on the ground. Probably another two hundred and fifty through the air. And they're going to keep the ball out of Russ's hands a lot. And they're going to put up points. The Seattle defense is not good and it's not healthy right now. It's neither of those things. And as great as Russ is, they're not going to pound the rock against Minnesota. They're going to have to attack them through the air. And Minnesota is going to control the clock. And that doesn't mean they're going to win the game. But it does mean against that defense, and as much as they're going to have the ball, they should be able to keep it within a touchdown. So I am all aboard Minnesota this week. And that concludes our picks for the week. May you have terrible luck, Matt. Actually, well, I say, well, if he has terrible luck, we got like five games that everybody uh, agrees Yeah, there's on, a lot so. of us agreeing. Well, on, I, no, so. Matt, Matt, is, Matt differed from me on four games. So I can make up some ground here. Well, I, I appreciate the well wishes, Paul. <laughs> we did. We had, I mean, we had... Well, we had three out of the first four unanimous, but we didn't have a true unanimous after that. We had a lot of four, actually most of them. Hold on a second. Most of the games, four or five people agreed this week. Wow. I don't know, man. That's scary stuff when we are in so much agreements. All right. Well, with that, Ryan, do the thing. Hey, make sure that you guys go ahead and follow us on Facebook, of course, Sports Carnage Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, uh, at Sports Carnage. And then you can also find us and listen to this episode a hundred times if you want to. And every other episode that we have on both iTunes and Podbean. We may make sure you guys catch us on Detroit Sports Nation as well. As along with all the other content that they have that maybe you wanted to hear on one of the podcasts. Be a little bit more Detroit-centric. Go straight to Detroit Sports Nation and they have all of that for you. And then rate, share, subscribe, and review. All right, for the MIA, AJ Riley, we'll see you next week. Uh, For Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending a couple hours almost with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week.